you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 life support, and access to over 300 branches on a near military, on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. The Around the NFL podcast is changing its name to the Dan Hanzoos Vanity Project. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanzoos. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. It does certainly seem like we're heading in that direction, but contractually, I refuse to operate under a show title with that name. (laughs) (laughs) Would you leave the company? No, I'd start my own rival one-man football podcast. Vanity Project. Mark Sessler. We all need a vanity project. I love love the idea of, of, of the four of us breaking up like the Beatles. And then, like the Beatles, all launching our own solo projects. No, not happening. I and will just... move to Wyoming and disappear. <laughs> you, you don't think all the bad blood and like nastiness would you know it wouldn't be worth it? No, no, no I'm not probably here for right. That. You're probably right. So let's just stay together. For, for now, there you go. <laughs> it's the only thing left to do. Hey, it's the Sunday night show. A lot to get to. We're going to talk about Sunday night football at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but um, before we do that, we're going to get to all of the other Sunday games. On Thursday, we saw the Panthers get pasted by the Steelers. We got another 50-burger to talk about uh, today, and um, uh, and all of the, uh, the the teams that entered this week with one loss, well, they added another win. So there's some real superpowers, Greg. A lot of superpowers out there. And they're going to play each other next It's like Monday the Hall night. of Justice up in here. How you feeling, Greg? I'm good. It's happening. Your Fred Rogers sweater, it does make you, and your hair, and I know you're under the weather. You look older? Or, or? Yeah, I'm getting there. Two kids, not a lot of sleep lately. I'm an, I'm old. I don't think you, you look, look like bad. a banker. I just want to, you just, because usually you have your hoodie on, and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm I think a in a guy. corporate world, you're, most, you're more mature. You look more mature, Greg. Not all this. Censored. <laughs> Greg is also, and he must be battling the onset of a, uh, a nasty cold. I have been uh, in the studio once alone with Greg today for a sky hit, then as a group, and he has sneezed no less than 35 times in the course of 45 (laughs) minutes. How do you uh, respond to that, Greg? I mean, I know it it bothers Mark, so I don't want to... It doesn't bother me. I mean, we are are so linked at this point that if one of us gets ill, immediately all four of us will be ill. Hey, uh, That's not true. Before we get to the games, of course, there's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of it not good here. In, in California, of course, the terrible mass shooting um, that took place last week. And also, in the one-two punch for the ages, there's these California wildfires that are raging to the north and south of us. 
so we just want to see if anybody can help out, help people affected by the California wildfires by visiting redcross.org or text CA wildfires to 90999 to give $10 to the American Red Cross California wildfires relief. Uh, and um, if you can help, help because people need it. Um, all right. Have your yeah. parents been asking if you're all right? If yes. I, in fact, I, I was a little too honest with on a family text chain uh, yesterday, and then my sister privately texted me, and he's like, "Why did?" She said, "Why did you do that?" Because too mom honest is just gonna way. get mom is just gonna be super nervous. Because so I was like, "Oh, it's smoke in the air. We it, we couldn't take the kids out today. It, right. it's, it's ashing outside. Uh, mom's three thousand miles away. Don't want to hear that, but." I will say it's one quick situation. thing. That last week I had you guys sign a letter for two football teams up in Paradise, California, who we were going to basically say they've had great seasons. We recognize you. The address that the letters went to belonged to a house that no longer exists. Oh, like that's house. how bad things are up in that part of the country. So. Wow. Yeah, so the sad, tragic stuff going on in California right now. Help out if you can. Let's get to the games. We'll start uh, right here in Los Angeles, where the Rams look to bounce back from their first setback last week in New Orleans. Four-man rush. Russell, look out. Steps up. Pump fake. Got to run. Now he throws. Overthrown. Incomplete. Ball game over. A furious comeback by the Seahawks. He's going to come up short again against the Los Angeles Rams. Mm, Steve Rabel, you could hear the frustration in his voice. K-I-R-O. The Rams got the stop in the final seconds. Brandon Cooks rushed for a nine-yard touchdown with 5.49 to play. That was the decisive score for the Los Angeles Rams, who improved to 9-1 with a 36-31 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, like I said, Seattle, uh, Los Angeles wins after falling a week earlier to the Saints, so they get back on track. The Seahawks, meanwhile, Greg, um, they just can't get over the hump against these top teams and they're starting to run out of time uh, under 500. They play such entertaining games against the Rams. These two are two of my favorites of the year. The first one was even better, but I think Pete Carroll wants to play a certain type of football and he doesn't have the defense for it. It's like, okay, the, the running all the time and playing this old school Brian Schottenheimer way works if you have a great defense, but their defense, like most every defense in the NFL can get beat and they waited until the fourth quarter to let Russell Wilson throw the ball and you look and the and the Seahawks ran for 273 yards in this game and they kept it close and it's entertaining to see two different styles of play but I will take the Rams' style of play any day of the week over the Seahawks style. These teams disdain each other. I mean there were not even that far into the game five personal fouls. We saw Aaron Donald and Justin Britt get into it. Uh, in a, you know, the, the penalties had a big impact on this game. There was one on on Sue, I thought, where he absolutely took a shot on Russell Wilson that was completely unnecessary, and it helped keep Seattle in the game. I and mean, that Dante Fowler had two penalties that kept touchdown drives alive. Right, they, the Rams were getting off the field in those. Fowler kind of salvaged his day because he did have a major role in two Seattle drives with those personal fouls, uh, but then got a key strip sack and fumble recovery that set up. Uh, that that touchdown by Cooks, and then in the final Seahawks drive, even though Seattle did 
end up marching into Rams territory. He nearly forced another fumble with a quarterback hit that led to an intentional grounding, which led to Kenny Britt uh, hitting Aaron Donald with a cheap shot out of bounds after Donald had scooped up the loose ball. After the game... Don't put that on Kenny Britt. Poor Kenny Britt. Oh, Kenny Britt. Justin been accused Britt. I probably... I would say that Kenny Britt probably had enough. something to do with it. Kenny Britt was there. I, I stand by it. I, that was not, I did not misspeak there. Um, no. Uh, at the After the game was over, Aaron Donald buckled up his chin strap as he went back out to the field. He wanted a piece of Justin Britt, maybe Kenny Britt as well. Uh, and that's So there is bad blood between these teams. But the Rams, they've been, Wes, they've been getting tested here these last couple of weeks, last few weeks really. I feel like they're playing a lot of close games, and, and once again they come out on top. Yeah, I watched the game last week, and I, one of you guys asked me, are you worried about the defense? And my answer was I was worried about Marcus Peters. And then you allow 275 rushing yards. To me, that – it's time to start worrying about this defense. Aqib Talib's return can only fix so much of yeah, it. It's just there. And this year, this week, they switched to a little more zone, which is something that Wade Phillips traditionally doesn't like to do as much because he they believe Marcus Peters is a much better zone corner than he is man corner. And I think it played out. He had a pretty good game, Marcus Peters. I, I, I'm not that worried about their defense because – I don't really see the defenses out there that are any better amongst the good teams. And I do think they have Aaron Donald and I'd love to see a percentage of the amount of drives that he stopped personally. Like that should be a stat like percentage drive stops, like the amount of times they've stopped an opponent. And he's the one who made the key play to do it. He had two sacks today to, to stop drives. And then on the final fourth down, he was the one who hit, Russell Wilson as Russell Wilson's they, overthrowing his receiver. They have Aaron Donald, but they're probably not going to have Cooper Cup. Uh, he re-injured his left knee on a, a non-contact injury. It did not look good when it happened. And after the game, Sean McVay said that it did not look good. You could read into that. It, it had all the looks, all the markings of an ACL, and you hope that's not the case. Uh, but uh, there's a very good chance we've seen the last of Cooper Cup this year. And their offense wasn't as good in, in the games that he missed. I, wa- I don't know how much that is correlated, uh, but uh, he's a big part of what they do, and, and he's on the shelf again, it Wait, looks like. To their, to one positive for the wide receiver group, Brandon Cooks played an incredible game, made one catch That's in right. the third quarter that was absolutely one of the more beautiful catches you'll see. Uh, he's so fast, and Robert Woods had another big game for them, and Jared Goff is playing at a low. You mentioned it, Greg, on our Sky Hit, that Jared Goff is not in this MVP conversation, but it's only because you've got Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees playing completely otherworldly. He has been nearly perfect. He's playing so well. They call you know, at third and cup when it's third down for the Rams. So it is a big change, and this is a team that pretty much lines up with the same formation every time, so that means you're going to have to have Josh Reynolds basically playing every snap unless you want to play tight ends a little more often if Cup's injury is as bad as, as it looked. And you're right, Mark, about Brandon Cooks. He bounced around a little bit early in his career here, but he has found a home in L.A. He's been a stud when he hasn't been injured, and he's had hit, head injuries, so you got to keep an eye on that. Pats he's miss him. That, did, that trade did not help the 2018 Patriots. All right, so I, we mentioned the Saints. Let's see what happened to them today. Breeze from the empty backfield, drops back, looks in the slot. Mike Thomas across the end zone. Touchdown, Saints. Unbelievable. 17 yards, Mike Thomas across the middle. His second touchdown of the day, and the Saints take a 34-7 lead. They're going to have 35 points two weeks in a row in the first half. Oh, it's Zach Streif of WWL says it all. Uh, Drew Breeze threw three touchdown passes in the first half. That moved them ahead of Brett Favre. 
second place on the career list. The Saints roll over the Bengals 51-14 in Cincinnati. Uh, think about that. The, the Saints, who for years, a bugaboo, oh, not the same team on the road. Well, guess what? They're destroying teams on the road. Second 50-burger of Week 10. The Bengals, with or without A.J. Green, are not close to the Saints' level. Mark, is anyone right now? Oh, the Rams. I mean, I, I think that if they played in various, you know, home and away situations, that they'd probably split. But I'll tell you something about New Orleans. Like, I, And I don't think that Cincinnati is ever to be mistaken as a really tough place to play. It just doesn't strike me that way. It never has. <laughs> but I will say this. You don't want to go down. You don't want to fall behind in Paul Brown Stadium. No. But you, you know what? If you're the Saints, you don't have to worry about that. Not today. This, when you're covering multiple games at the same time to try to figure out what to, to cook up on this show, you look for the turning point and when the game feels over. And some of these go to the bitter end. With this thing, with about five minutes to go before the half, when the Saints went up 21-7 to and the Bengals looked utterly punchless with no ability to counter, this thing was over. I essentially stopped tracking it. And here is what happened in that game with the Saints. Touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal, end of game. <laughs> nice performance by Cincinnati. That's outrageous. <laughs> uh, the team that came in 5-3, and three, by the way. This isn't some laughing A stock. false 5-3. and three. Yeah, False 5-3, and three, whatever. But, but they're not the same team. They came into this game uh, as a playoff hopeful, and they still are, but – uh, without A.J. Green, Wes, th this team does not compete, it seems. Without A.J. Green and without three starters on defense and their best pass their best per-snap pass rusher in Carl Lawson, who's out for the year, they're just not the same team they were, well, they were in a, September. Right, they weren't a good defense then either. Right. They were like a and below average, and now they're maybe the worst. Well, and here's one other thing. you, Sean Payton, we've all talked about it. He's one of those three or four coaches in the league that's going to do – he's going to maximize every single game. Marvin Lewis is the worst coach in the league right now, coming out of a bye. They had an extra week to prepare for the Saints. His record coming out of the bye is worse than any coach in football, and this is an embarrassing performance at home by the Bengals. Well, he's not good coming out of byes, and he's not good in the playoffs. So what does that tell you? Cincinnati became the first team in the Super Bowl era to give up 500 yards in three consecutive games. We've got um, – Whoa. We've got a little breaking news. I don't know if – if uh, yeah. our, our producer here, Cam. Well, we got Cam filling in today. for the loose cannon who's partying in Nashville. She is very loose this news. weekend. She is <laughs> extremely loose. A little breaking news. Here it is. Greg, what do you got? Authorities are investigating a situation where the Saints and Sean Payton destroyed a fire alarm that was going on in their locker room before the game. The Bengals have reached out to authorities about the damage. Yeah, they have. Isn't that like a federal offense to mess with a fire alarm? <laughs> Not only that, but like Sean Payton basically, I think he bragged about it. A bunch of reporters uh, took a picture of, of the destroyed fire Was something alarm. on I'm, fire? No, but the, when the, the Saints came in, I, apparently it was going off in the building for 15 minutes, and he got furious with it and just slammed it. I like it. I mean, you may, you may have won the game, but we're getting $63 out of you for that fire alarm. <laughs> Uh, where did that stand? Uh, did that pass to the bar for breaking news? Yeah, that, yeah. That was very it. odd breaking Just news. Just cleared it. Like, it's a pole vaulter that, like, his body, his his, his hiney hits the pole and it's, like, rocking back well, and forth, but it stays I think breaking that's news. That's what you want to do as a pole vaulter. You don't want to clear it by too much in the early rounds. You have to save some. No, period. breaking news is something that we absolutely, and the listener needs to know, that could have waited. <laughs> so, yeah, but that 50. Oh, that was the most interesting part of this game, I think. Give me a break. That and them throwing up the X for uh, one of the great saints of all times, Des Bryant. We didn't know. Don't get me started <laughs> don't on that. Even start yeah. with we that. didn't even mention it on, on, this, on our show. That, you know, they, you know, they, they was there for 27 players. hours. 
we the Saints skill players promised heading into Sunday that they would throw up the X in honor of Dez, who tore his Achilles, which happened uh, since the last time we did a pod, of course, uh, in the last play of practice um, on Friday. Uh, a shame for Dez, and you feel bad for him. Uh, but this idea that that somehow, uh, Greg, he is like a member of the Saints for life or something, uh, just a little bit odd. They, they like Des Bryant. They spend a couple days for him, and they feel bad. It is a devastating moment for a guy. I know we've given a lot of attention to on this podcast, or on our network especially. He's had a great career, and you do wonder, like, is that is that kind of Dakota to it? Maybe he gets another chance, Wait, but I, I don't know. The, Saint, the Saints are already talking about they can't wait to sign him again for next year. <laughs> they let him sit on this couch for eight weeks, and now they want to sign him already. Des Bryant coming off an Achilles is – could be You'd almost need to worry about where he'd be in 2020, not right. next year. So One man's tragedy is another man's just like a great moment in life because uh, Brandon Marshall, whose career was all but over after the Seahawks let him go uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, it appears that he's going to sign with the Saints. And remember, Brandon Marshall has never been in a playoff game, so he has a chance to hang around. No, it means they'll go on a seven-game slide. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's move on. More top Mariota powers. Shifts out, direct snap. Mega Henry powers. Running on the right side. Henry five. Henry end zone. Touchdown, Titans. A wildcat. And you're ahead of the defending <laughs> AFC champions by 23 with the point pending. And you got Matt LaFleur dialing up one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Oh, Mike Keefe and Dave McGinnis. They're drinking the juice. And why not? Titans radio is pumped. <laughs> So is Titans Nation. Derrick Henry ran for two scores. Marcus Mariota threw two touchdowns of his own. The Titans outplay the Patriots in all phases of the game. 34-17 final in Nashville, a.k.a. Foxborough South. A lot to unpack there. How badly were the Pats throttled? Tom Brady lifted from this game with seven minutes to play in favor of Brian Hoyer. Greg, it's a signature win for a rookie head coach, Mike Vrabel, and a Belichick disciple. Ooh, break it down. Yeah, the last time the Patriots lost by this much after November started was 2010 against the Eric Mangini Browns. So Doesn't I, happen. I don't think – and that, even by, uh, losing a game by 14 points or more, much less 24, I don't think the sky is falling by any means in New England. Uh, a lot of things came into this, and they're going into the bye. I don't think they're the best team in the league either. I want to just give props to Marcus Mariota for playing a third straight really clean game. A great job by the coaching staff on both sides of the ball. And the young players from the Titans just being better. Like, Corey Davis was better than Stephon Gilmore. He killed Stephon Gilmore during the key portions of this game. Jonu Smith, who we haven't seen a lot from, made a lot of plays. Adoree Jackson was awesome. Josh Gordon ended up with four for 81, but Adoree Jackson really stuck with them. You just talked about their 2017 draft Exactly. Class. That's what I'm saying. Their young players were just kind of the better players. They were the best players on the field, and, and it showed. Let me ask you this. Is Tom is Tom Brady a problem? No. No, I don't think so. This this game. Ooh-wee. I mean, he's not Tom Brady this year. He's Talk not, about it. But I think the reason Tom Damn. Brady was Tom Brady is more – uh, upstairs and timing and being in sync with your offense and the the entire group and that to me is what's the problem this year. It's not it has it's not like his physical skills to me are much different and I don't actually see him missing throws today. They lost their left tackle Trent Brown. They didn't have their all pro tackle uh, or guard rather Shaq Mason. They were giving up 
plays. And I and I also, I mean, they were given a pressure, but I also think it was playing another Belichick disciple where they really took away the first read that he has, and that's when Brady is so good. And they were disguising coverages, and they, they threw the kitchen sink at him, just like Matt Patricia did in week two, and he held it a little too long. Edelman's dropping passes. Gordon dropped passes. It was it was just like a lot of everything. Josh Gordon was hurt in this game too, wasn't he? Hurt he, his finger? He, had his fi- he said his fingers were hurt, and that's maybe one reason why he had a, some struggles with drops. So, Mike Vrabel, there's a lo- obviously a lot of DNA here. Because Mike Vrabel had his best years as a pro with the Patriots, got traded to the Chiefs, and uh, had a falling out with Belichick for a while. I guess they patched things up. But there's some bad blood. Speaking of bad blood, M- Malcolm Butler, who got praise from Tom Brady after the game. Also, Deion Lewis who uh, wasn't shy about talking about uh, his thoughts about the game and the two teams afterwards as well. So it is a little personal. Hell yeah, it's personal. <laughs> That's what happens when you go cheap. You get your ass kicked. <laughs> oh, Greggy. Big smile on his face when he said it. I wish they had never let Deion Lewis go. I mean, their backfield to me is not high on my list of concerns. They had Sony Michelle back, but Deion Lewis was a great player. I would have loved to keep keep him. It was a very interesting to see Bell Belichick doing some unbelichick things afterwards, which was having a long conversation, you know, having a long talk with Rabel and giving him a big hug, going up to Malcolm Butler and telling him, thank you for the four years and keep playing tough. Cause I know, oh, I know, I know you're going to, I'm just saying it was almost like he accepted in listening to him too. They just were the inferior team. It was a stinker. And then you go to the bye week, and he loves nothing more than right. killing his teams during a bye it week. It is fair that, like, when we talk, we're looking at the Rams, we're looking at the Chiefs, the Saints, that the Patriots, despite the fact that I won't believe that they're killable until they're ultimately taken out at some point in January or just the Super Bowl, maybe, they aren't at the level of those teams well, offensively at all. Let's go down the list, Greg. Yeah. Bill Belichick walking all over the field, hugging people, resigned to how he was the lesser team and coach on this day. Deion Lewis talking smack. Three losses uh, this season, all of them definitive losses. They're behind in the race for a first-round bye. Uh, what are your pants at? Uh, Zero. Three, one is, <laughs> Zero. Uh, you know, they're Zero. completely totally dry. dry. Totally uh, dry. You know, there's no, no moisture in there, no no need to check home. Uh, number 10, <laughs> oh, boy. I got. I gotta get an extra pair. One. Of pants. This is the same group that was pants. saying it. Wait, it was zero a second ago, but now it's one. Well, doesn't it have a little to bit be of pee one? has yeah. escaped? A <laughs> little bit. Of, a little bit. There, of, oh, I one. see a little moisture. A <laughs> little bit of moisture. This was the same Trickle. group that was saying how bored they were that they were like just pencil them in for the AFC Championship game a week ago. At no point have I thought this is one of the best Patriots teams I've ever seen. They just won six games in a row. This is the type of game in Boston they're going crazy. How dare they lose one after winning six in a row? They've shown that they can beat good teams. They've beaten Kansas. City, they beat in Chicago. Uh, they they beat the Packers last week. They're they have faults, but they need Gronk to get back. They they need to get the Edelman thing in sync. It's like they've got a little well, problem. and also look at they. It's have, also very early in the season. If you're a Patriots, fan. they have the Jets twice, the Bills, and the Dolphins. It is nothing matters until until January, and I'm All confident right. they're going to get there. I understand Dion Lewis's point of view. But he's not the first guy to escape New England and gripe about them being cheap while they kept on winning and winning and winning. They have to be cheap because there's a salary cap. Right. They're, we're, they're seven and three. I guess that's my main thing is that when sure. they were one and two, I wasn't expecting that. And I see a lot of good for their team. No, I know. I agree with you. I'm just saying the three losses. Uh, Brady has not looked. September, I don't care. About. Brady has not looked too great. And there are some real stud teams in this conference. There's no going to be. There's no skating by here. And I just think it feels a little different right now after this. I, walked, I don't know why. 
but that's what we said. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see this offense fully healthy and then see if Brady. Right, looks they like haven't they had. We're not today. If Brady had, looks like 2016-17 Brady, if they're healthy. If for a couple weeks in a row too, they have not had any cohesion at all on offense. And Gronk, especially when they're in the two-minute drill. That's where you really miss Gronk, and, and it really stuck out to me at the end of the first half. The Titans, not the Patriots, were the ones who managed the clock, who moved the ball down, who stopped mm. Tom Brady in the two-minute drill, who stopped them coming out of halftime. They need Gronk. Well, I like Gronk. that because I feel like it's probably predictable to Titans fans that we spend the majority right. of the time talking about the Patriots, but there are a lot of people asking, Dan, and I, I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> Does this do anything to strip the Titans moniker, which is – you know, at a little bit, a little bit um, unfair, I think, when they mm. come off a win like this. Dan's instincts have been pretty good. With they them. have, good. they uh, have. But Imagine you know though, if the Jets won a game like this, we wouldn't even cover the the rest of the league. It'd just be an hour long <laughs> special. Yeah, about how great it was. It <laughs> would be, but that's not how it works. They're not on the podcast. I am. What I'll say is this: we just finished talking about how the Cowboys aren't any good, so I guess we can't get too too crazy about last week's win. This is a really nice win. Let's see what you do next week. Let's see if you continue. What do they got, the Colts next week? Colts next week. Go win next week. This defense is is legitimate. They've got players, and I I love the way that they have Mariota, especially this week. They were using the threat to run, and he had a really good instinct when to step up, when not to run. It It was fun. This feels different for the Titans, too, what's going on right now. So, Oh, but before we go... You know, Erica, who, you know, she should be here, but she decided to go to Nashville and party this weekend. And uh, part of this bachelorette party was going to uh, the Patriots Titans game. And she thought, oh, it's just an extended party. We know how that's going to play out. Another another trip to pound town for whatever team plays the Pats. Well, guess what? Didn't work out that way. Uh, And I I did ask her. She was kind enough uh, to give her thoughts on the game. So let's hear her loose cannon. She's co-worker. No doubt about it. She's a big Pats fan. What is she gonna say about the game today? What is she gonna say about the game today? That's good. See that? That is about 10,000 Patriots fans leaving the game early because Brady and the rest of us censored offense and our defense Totally blew it. It was embarrassing. The entire stadium was cast in. And you know who showed up? The Titans to win it in an embarrassing. They completely slaughtered us. And I'm in Nashville stuck here. And I don't know what to do. So she's handling. Well, one quick thing. Like, if you go look at her latest Instagram story, the last clip that I saw was one of her um, gal flock up on a bar, like wrapped in a British British flag, dancing on the bar. So oh, she'll be okay. Probably. Yeah. All right, let's check in with the, one of the teams that the Patriots are now chasing. Snapped to Mahomes at his belt, sidestepping. Fires for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, but Patrick Mahomes now has set a Kansas City Chiefs record, bringing his own ice to the party. 31 touchdowns in a single season. Do what now? I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> Bringing his own ice to the party? I like Mitch it. Mitch Holtis. <laughs> Do you. Chiefs Radio Network. Patrick Mahomes threw for 249 yards, two touchdowns. He's up to 31 this year. Both throws to Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs, a 26-14 win over the Cardinals. Uh, Kansas City improves to 9-1. and They look like the favorite to capture that number one seed in the AFC. And, and we know. Everyone knows. Everyone knows that 
the Chiefs in January are um, snake bit. It, it feels like if you go back the last 20 years or so, 25 years. Uh, but doesn't it, this feel different? If they are able to hold on to this and they get that number one seed, they're going to be so hard to beat. And this was not the most overwhelming effort of the season. In fact, I, I took out of this game that Arizona continues to make some nice little strides uh, as the season progresses. Uh, but uh, Kansas City was never in danger here. They just had complete control of the game. They just didn't run up the score like they have in, in prior games this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mahomes is Mahomes, and they got out of the game healthy, and they took care of business like we expected them to. I thought one thing that was a little bit different for the Chiefs' offense was that they put pressure on Mahomes and got to him with a couple big sacks that kept this game closer than it would have been in other situations. And from the Cardinals, this is probably David Johnson's best game of the year or very close to it. But you still have Tyreek Hill making two or three magical, unbelievable plays in this, and all of their weapons contributed once again, and they're unstoppable when they all do. Only injuries can stop this team from roaring into January with the first overall seed, I think. I'm not sure we can learn much about the Chiefs in this game, but Dan, did you think that Byron Leftwich did okay in his second game as a play You know, the one thing he did say when he took over the job, because there's been a lot of hand-wringing, and I know also in the fantasy community, about David Johnson and how he was being, you know, horribly misused as like a grinder running the ball up the middle, get the ball to him in space, uh, get take advantage of his special talents as an elusive, fast, edgy running back. And, and that's what he they're doing with him now, it seems like, in these two games. The first game uh, before the bye, he seemed to be going in the right direction. This game, he I think he ended up uh, going 98 yards on the ground, um, a bunch of yards in the air too, and then they scored in both ways. So – if you're going to make the centerpiece of your offense the best guy on your offense, that makes a lot of sense and using him to his strength. So Leftwich so far, so good. Rosen still a little hit and miss, not not a guy ready for prime time, but we didn't really expect that either. Uh, and then on the Cardinals side also, uh, Larry Fitz passed Terrell Owens for number two all-time receiving yards. Hmm. Uh, so he's making his way up that list. David Johnson, 183 yards from scrimmage. 30 touches. Cardinals only had 260. He was basically the whole offense. Right. You would never have expected the Cardinals to have more first downs in this game, but the Chiefs are just moving along. I would not give that one seed to them just yet, though. they got to play the Rams next week, and they got to play the Chargers uh, coming up. Yeah. It's, a t- it's a tall order for the Chargers to go win there, but only one game ahead. One last note before we move on. Um, the Chiefs lost their first coin toss all season. So and overcame that. So they, they overcame, overcame that, that. But is that maybe a sign? Big news in coin toss leagues. That things are... Surprised you didn't go breaking with that, even though it happened roughly six hours ago. Let's move on. Bortles has time over the middle. Connects with Rashad Green. And they're going to say Green caught the ball to the 25. He let loose of it right at the tail end of his catch. And that that replay would have to come from the booth up top, and I think they should take another look at this. After reviewing the play, the runner did fumble the ball with a clear recovery. It's Colts football! It's Colts ball! The Colts have a huge takeaway. Just what the doctor ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Sure was. Matt Taylor and Jim Sorge with the call Colts Radio Network with the Jaguars knocking on the door in the final minutes. They force uh, the Colts force the turnover they need. It leads to a recovery, uh, a fumble recovery that clinched a 29-26 win over the flatlining Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, 
Andrew Luck threw three touchdowns, two to Eric Ebron. He had three total scores. Wes, we build this as a loser-goes-home match between two desperate teams. The Jags going home. Go home, Jacksonville. <laughs> Bye-bye. Put your team in a 29-point ho- hole in the first half. The defense, which was as soft as room-temperature butter, Ooh. lone <laughs> coverages, confusion before the snap, silly penalties, just a, an embarrassing first-half showing, and then the offense helped them out in the second half with long drives to open up a seven first downs on the first drive out of the second half is what Bortles' offense did. And Leonard Fournette came back with 29 touches as the focal point of the offense. They kept the Jags in this game. And then the Colts' mistakes on offense in the second half. Um, Mo Alley-Cox dropped a ball into Telvin Smith's hand for an interception. Naheem Hines dropped another pass, which took the Colts off the field. My one thing about this Colts, the offense is, is running great. And four straight games without giving up a sack, which I believe is the first time since 2010 a team has done that. Wow. But the defense could not get off the field on third downs, and their pass rush, they were second to the Bears in sacks over the first month of the season. Their pass rush has disappeared. The Colts were not the only winner in this one. Ooh-wee. Yeah, yeah. Woo-wee. You got to get a Kenny Moore jersey after that game-winning play. Kenny, Kenny Moore, Moore had a couple of pass deflections in this game, He's too. been great. Kenny no, Greg, I don't have $130 to throw around flippantly at anything I see. Kenny Moore, who the Patriots released. Last year. I mean, that's kind of – he's a good symbol of this Colts defense, which barely any of them were playing for them last year. And a lot of guys you never heard of, and they're they're trying to make their way. And the, and the Jaguars, meanwhile, it's like what – when you give up 300 yards of, of on your defense, it's like what do they have? If, if, if that's their identity, and Blake Bortles, I think we can all agree, hasn't really been the problem, I wouldn't say, the last two games, and you're still losing games, then it's like, where are where are they as a franchise? Well, and we much would rather – we yeah. want Indianapolis alive and in the hunt down the stretch. This Absolutely. went the right way for anyone that cares about the AFC. I think I think an AFC South team can get into the play – two AFC South yeah. teams can get into the playoffs, whether it's the Titans or the Colts or if the Texans fall into wild card, I think two of those teams can get in. So next week's matchup between the Titans and Colts is pretty big, and there's no doubt the Titans have a better defense than the Colts, but there's also no doubt the Colts have a better offense than the Titans. How about the next – this was the loser-goes-home match. The the Titans-Colts next week, winner-gets-respect match. I like it. You want respect? Go get it. Respect from who? From us. I mean, the Colts already have my. Both of these teams have my respect. The Titans and the Colts. They have my respect. Well, they don't have. They, really they, 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 do, they do not both have Dan's. The Titans. I'm not. You want me to like go crazy? The, I, the Colts are four and five. At best, it is a bit. And <laughs> well, if you say it, I'm going to respond. And then the Titans, you know, they've been hot and cold for years. So I just want to see them really uh, put it together here. I'll, they've I'll been fine. They've been fine now for about a year and a half. Fine, like an above, a barely above five. And you said that Blake Bortles hasn't been uh, the problem. He's not the solution. No. And it has been a a stunning fall from grace for this team. Their uh, their defense has stunk out the joint, and they were so close to the Super Bowl last year. And now their season is almost over, uh, or or basically is over two weeks before Thanksgiving. It's also like the entire NFL changed from last year to this, where being this great defensive team has almost no value right now. Right. And, and Bortles gets a cookie for this game. Like, we're going to give him a cupcake. You know, right, good sure. job. 320. Good, good job. All you did was dink and dunk, except for one pretty pass that right. he made to Dante Moncrief. All he did was dink and dunk the whole game. He's the same guy he was a year ago. Not a guy that you want. Let's uh, hear from a sponsor. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based 
productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create, hence their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which is the latest? Total chaos inside and out. So you make another version and name that one final final, right? I mean, yes, that's what we used to do. Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides let you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project. That's pretty good. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. Let's get back to the games. Snap to Rodgers on second down at 25. Lost right side. Adams at the five. Cuts it back. Enzo. High stepping. Touchdown. Devontae Adams popped wide open. 26 yard touchdown catch. And it's 27 to 12, Green Bay. Wayne Larravee, Packers Radio Network with the call. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Two touchdown passes that they connected on. Aaron Jones went for a career-high 145, scored twice. The Packers pull away from the Dolphins, a 31-12 win at Lambeau. Chris Wessling, uh, Packers, they didn't play so well for the, a long stretch of this game, but they turned on the Jets with the help of that new featured running back. Yeah, the Packers, it seems like all year for portions of the game, it feels like they can move the ball at will. And then they just go a quarter at a time where they just the offense goes in a funk and you just wonder what's going on. And that sort of happened in t- today's game with Robert Quinn ending a couple of drives with sacks. Um, and, and then Aaron Jones was a story, really. He had six of the first nine offensive touches, 100 yards by the end of the first quarter. He's averaging about seven yards per carry on the season now. And the Packers finally decided to saddle him up and ride him, and it worked. The next two weeks for Green Bay – are so massively critical, and they're on the road for both at Seattle and at Minnesota. I don't know if you you can't just split that. Win them both. Five, five, and one. I don't think you're in this NFC. You want race. the respect? Go win those two games. Relax. R e a r e l. Well, that's fine. But how many losses can they sustain before we stop relaxing? They've been here before. Yeah, they. Yeah, and then they've been bounced out of the playoffs. The Minnesota game especially is huge because because of the way the first game between them went. And you're already behind them. You can't. You can't lose that one. It's good to see them win this game, though. Yes, I agree. Just like getting excited about the Colts winning because they're a fun team to watch. Packers keep them in the mix. And uh, yeah, we talked about this on Thursday's show. They've done this so many times, and Rodgers has done this so many times where we write them off mid-season and then they get hot. Let's see if they do it again. They just seem to be. I don't know. I don't know how good they are. I don't well, they, feel like don't this is like are. these are not these other Packers teams that we're talking about from 2014 and 2012. I mean, I hate none of us thought not. they not no one thought they were good at the time when you know when they were struggling in those seasons either. I mean, I think their yourself. roster is good. I, I hate to be a Packers apologist, but they could have easily won the Rams game. They could have won the Packers game. They're in all these games. They're talented enough to do it. I look at the roster and I do think they're capable of being better. They haven't done it consistently. This is a game. You know, you're going up against a team of the Dolphins that not only lost, that don't have either of their starting tackles, lost a, a starting corner in McCain, lost two receivers in Hakeem Grant and Devontae Parker. So they're, they're just doing what they should do, which is beat this team. Well, and Frank Gore, in, a, in an impressive season, I thought he had his most impressive game. And we do rip on the Dolphins quite a bit, but they've had as, as much attrition as the Redskins and the Bengals 
they lose their starting quarterback. They lose Albert Wilson, who was their best playmaker. Most of the offensive lines out. I mean, this team has been decimated by injuries. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers, by the way, for just taking a kind of subtle shot against the Lambeau crowd for doing the wave while he was on offense. Oh, a nice what, job. What did he say? First of all, uh, just kind of like joking around that that's, you know, not the time for it. You're There's make, no time for the you're wave. Making, exactly. You're making like a lot of noise. Like the wave went out in like 19. You're making a lot of noise when you're on offense. Let's get rid of the wave. Just in general, I think not a fan. Peyton Manning would have chastised the home crowd I if he had think. to. Are you pro wave, Dan? Are you pro wave? A little bit of a hot take here. Why does everyone <laughs> get so mad about the wave? It's when you're lame. in a stadium, it's it's, it's a nice. If thing you, to it depends on the timing <laughs> too. Like what, uh, it depends on the Why timing. Is it so bad? Why okay, is it if, so hated. If it's a big kids blow, like it. <laughs> like what's so good about it? If it's kids a blowout, like it. yes, kids love it. Come but on. it's like I, you know, if. Yeah, I was at the World Series and they're doing the wave in the middle of like one of the great games of all time, and it's the you know why? Because they're like, watching a game. Come on. It's it's an act of leisure. <laughs> why, why can't we just? Why do you dance winning me over? Because it's just like how grumpy do we need yeah. to be about? It's these like shows? why don't you go sweet uh, sing Sweet Caroline while your team's losing seven to one too? Just have a little idea of what's happening. Well, in Greg, the game. not every fan base, you know, d- deals with multiple championships in every single sport. <laughs> can't. I, I would love for I don't you know to what tune. That has to do with I think it has a lot to do with it. Can't we just come up with something better than the wave, which is old, not original, and boring? All right, you guys be on your side. I'm going to be on Aaron Rodgers' side. <laughs> I think the wave looks cool too. It does look cool. You can see it coming, and then suddenly you're in it. You're in. <laughs> well, the you wave, really won, Mark and then Evans. it goes back around. <laughs> now he's your spokesman. <laughs> I mean, plus the, when you're watching it, you, there's at least a little bit of sadness thinking about the the men who had to try right. starting it for five minutes and what that takes resilience in their right? lives. Yes. They are that's, not. That's no, they're American. not thinking. They're not worried about what other people think. They're going think to more do of the it men for the who are guilted the into stadium. rising and doing it. Hey, everybody, come on. On the count of three. One, <laughs> two. That may be all they have. Greg. Oh, come on. That all may right, be all they again. have. Let's do it again. I mean, you are old cranks. That's all I can say. I am on your side. I know. Not you. Listen, in fact, now when we talk about the Browns, I'm going to be even more excited about it. You're on his side as long as Des Bryant was on the Saints. You may or may not have heard, but Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics, tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. If one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out the 122th ratchet. It has a three-degree arc swing, you guys. Don't you know what that does? Gets you into some very tight spaces. Leeway. Yes, a three-degree arc swing means you can loosen or tighten bolts with less movement in those hard-to-reach spots. Greg, don't you know what that does? Never. <laughs> Shop the new home of Craftsman today at Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Let's go. Second down and 10, takes the snap, gives it. Chubb runs. He's to the 10, 15. He's to the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. There goes Chubb. He's to the 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Chubbalaba Hub. 92 <laughs> yards. What was that? Chubba Wubba Hub? Didn't stick the landing for whatever he was going for. <laughs> Jim there. Donovan with the call, the Browns Radio Network. Nick Chubb, the rookie. Running back delivered the knockout blow for the Browns, his 92-yard touchdown run. The exclamation point on a 28-16 win for the Browns over the Atlanta Falcons in Cleveland. Uh, a great all-around effort for the Browns. 
Got three touchdowns in a uh, a brilliant Baker Mayfield outing. Got the big stops when they needed it. Uh, on D, Mark, a fresh reminder that better days are coming in Cleveland. And perhaps they're here. The last win that they had in November was four years ago against the Falcons. Wow. That's how dark it's been. And it's sort of like an unbelievably surreal experience following the Browns to even see what happened today because you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And today, the other shoe was dropped right on the head of the Falcons. And Mayfield and Chubb were up for Rookie of the Week last week. They've been up two other times, and it's going to happen again. I don't know how it couldn't. And this rookie class has changed this team from the inside out. And I know there's a lot of – all the focus will go on the offense. The defense today had an excellent game where it was such a – the Browns haven't had a complete win like this in years and years and years because it was the zone defense that kept Matt Ryan running around looking for – Anyone to throw to, he threw him off his timing. It was something you just haven't seen from the Falcons. And everything that I thought that Atlanta was going to do to Cleveland's defense, they somehow did not get it done today. They did not allow, I think at most, one pass over 20 yards from Matt Ryan. And I think that Falcons team is probably cooked at this point, but they're just simply not the same on the road. And Greg, you mentioned the Browns crowd last week in a somewhat meaningless game coming off a terrible week. They were on fire today. Another reminder that if this sticks... This is one of the better crowds in the NFL. I think the most impressive streak in the NFL is your ability to read what the Browns are going to do by the end of the first quarter every every Sunday for five years. And this could be recency bias, but that is the most excited I remember seeing you on a – most excited you, you've allowed yourself to be on a I, Sunday. I think it's the same that as, you know, as Sam Darnold when he has his moments for – the Jets, and you feel like you're not just rooting on smoke and mirrors, that you have a, you, you have a quarterback that you're not going to give up on for a long time. It's a little bit of a different foundation than of course. in years past. Here's yeah. what else gets you excited when uh, your number one pick says like th- stuff like this after the game. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I care to expand on that. I just woke up feeling real dangerous. Yeah. He's a cowboy, isn't he? I, I mean, you could. I'm, I'm so glad you played that clip because I wanted to talk about. You could almost feel the room just be like, "Oh, Baker! Oh, like just like well, there's, there's, those reporters haven't laughed in like right. two decades." I don't so. mean so much laughter as just like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is a badass!" Like they love it. They're all huge Browns fans. They don't even try to hide it in Cleveland, and they're like. Wait, this is what it's like to have just like a badass cocky quarterback. Are you allowed to say that when you're the Browns quarterback and you're three and six? I, I guess you are. Like, let's go. I think they're it's fired a, up. It's an indictment. Tony on, Grossi's joined the bandwagon. <laughs> right. And, let's and, go, Mary Kay. And while Hugh Jackson <laughs> is doing the rounds week after week, trying to convince America that everything but him was wrong with this coaching <laughs> effort, and Todd Haley's on his couch. The best organized game plan of the entire year, or in many years, came from Freddie Kitchens, who ran the wishbone, who completely confused Atlanta's defense from wire to wire. Freddie Kitchens! Wait, don't you dare not give Greg Williams any credit. All-around effort. Give it to Greg, too! Oh, I think I talked Triple about the G. defense. It was one of the better coached Browns Give it to the guy in the big games. chair, too. I'm giving it, you're he's giving not it leaving. to him. Give him an extension. No, he is not staying. Triple G should retire at 1-1 one and, one and have the all-time yeah, exactly. winningest uh, – Percent best percentage as Browns since they've come back. It's not a bad idea. I um, I locked the Falcons in this one, and it was interesting to me that uh, that 
ending, ending a five-game winning streak for the old Zeuser. It's all right. I'll mm, bounce back next week. Um, but it's funny. I got a lot of tweets over the weekend about people. Oh, I can't believe you were able to look in the mirror and lock that. Calm down. And I even said it on Thursday. I said, this Baker Mayfield, he's dangerous. I didn't say that. <laughs> that would have been really awesome if I said that. But I said he's a guy that can carry – uh, this team and how he was due for a game where he kind of just took over. That's exactly what he did. So I should not have locked up uh, the Falcons knowing that in the back of my mind, but I got burned for it. If I hadn't locked up the Falcons, I was going to lock up the Jets. So either way, I would have lost. I don't, I don't feel too badly about it. But the, the Browns, these are good times for you, buddy. There was not a good lock landscape last week, and we said no. that going into it. Mark, it's a good times for you, buddy. Enjoy it. I am enjoying it. Thank you. <laughs> Keep enjoying it. But, well, do the wave. Let's move on. Snap Trubisky. Four-man rush with all kinds of time. Loads up right. Card Miller at the 25 of Detroit. Breaks a tackle to the sideline. 10-5. Enzo. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Jeff Joniak, WBBM, with the call. Mitch Trubisky, 355 and three touches. The NFC North leading Chicago Bears. Take care of business easily. It wasn't even as close as the final score indicates here. 34-22 win for the Bears. Uh, if you believe it, the win snaps a 10-game losing streak against division opponents for the Bears. So just like the Browns are wiping away some unsavory uh, marks in their ledger, uh, so too are the Bears. Uh, Wes, uh, we talk about how Chicago hasn't captured our imagination like past teams of ATN. Uh, but this looks like a playoff team. They're doing just fine. I'm going to keep saying it every week. I like this Bears team. I think they are a playoff team. I think they're a legitimate contender. They're the only team in the NFL in the top five in points for and points against. They are a balanced team with an improving quarterback who just had the best game of his career. And, I, you know, Allen Robinson came back and had his by far yeah, his best did. game in a couple of years. Three years, probably. Khalil Mack had two sacks. Roquan Smith is really coming on of late at, at inside linebacker. There's a lot to like about this Bears team. I like your enthusiasm, Wes. I'm going to join you. I'm going to. I feel like yeah, the Jets are an embarrassment. So I'm going to start yeah! filtering my uh, love and affection towards the Bears for the remainder of this regular season. My issue with the Bears as team of ATL was early on. Well done, Cam. <laughs> Was was Trubisky Cam's getting comfortable back there? And I think that was fair early on, but he's you have to allow young quarterbacks to grow, and he has been growing in a very quarterback-friendly system. I thought that we saw what we haven't seen before, which were shots downfield, an absolute breakout game from Anthony Miller, and a team that has on offense. You can see the DNA of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. It's not the same personnel, but you can see the similarities, and so there's a lot to like about the Bears. Welcome back, welcome back, Camille. Talk, you idiot. <laughs> Welcome back, Khalil Mack. Uh, he's in the lineup. He had two of Chicago's six sacks of Matthew Stafford, who's taking an absolute pounding right now. Um, he needs some rewiring, too. He's holding the ball too long. We had a lock here. We did. Who locked that one up? Ooh, Wes, back on top. Back on the winning column. Feeling good? Yeah, yeah, feel good. <laughs> Combined with your loss, it, it, it helps. How do you it celebrate hurts. these wins when you go back to the, the – the manor. Oh, Go home and enough. dial up the Browns game on game pick. Ooh. That's that's code. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there was one weird thing with the kicker, right? Cody Parkey hit the uprights four times. He missed four kicks. And 
How do you hit the uprights four times and none of them go through? You couldn't even do that. I mean, Matt Nagy said after the game, I I understand if if everyone else has lost confidence in him, but I have not. That's a good idea, Greg. You should get a point for that. One point, just one point. You got to hit it three times in a row, and actually, you get five points for that. (laughs) So it's a very risky strategy. I love that. Because you could hit the first two. And then you, you miss the third, and you just wait. You could it say, like, time. early in the third quarter, we're down by four yeah. points, and we're going to use the whole second half to shut out the other team and hit the crossbar five, See, we're, three we're, times we're for five joking, points. But there really has been thoughts of would, could, would you ever put a pole in the middle and get an extra point for I that? love it. I, I love think it. that's not a bad idea. Who had those thoughts? What fool? People have thought about it. By the way, Lions tight ends have about 20 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Eric Ebron has 40 receptions, about 500 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Lions the guy bad. they released in March. The Lions are bad. The Lions are the team right now that every time after you play the Lions, everyone is talking about your team, like how great they you, are. You don't want to be that team. Mm. It's not a great start uh, for Matt Patricia. You wonder if he's a one-and-done I candidate. mean, they were just – No, I don't. They were but just 3-3 three and three a minute ago. Somebody. They just hired that. They just hired Bob Quinn. Gave him a contract. They gave. Patricia. I mean, you say it with absolute conviction, Greg. But the truth of because the matter they, is, they have had a not a great season, and they've had a lot of like ugly losses. Well, they're three and six, so you're right. You have no idea if they're going to be, you know, three and thirteen or just six and. Their 10 best or defensive player was out today too. But Aries they Slay was was not. You know, playing. they made a commitment with the general manager, who's a, who's a Patriots guy, to go with Patricia. So then it would be starting all over, assuming they'd have to right. fire them both to get. Patricia. I mean, he did inherit. It's not like a juggernaut's fallen off the cliff here. All right. Well, he's not going anywhere. I'm just saying he inherited a lot of junk along with a few okay pieces. All right. I'll back off. Uh, it's, the man's it's not, totally It's not safe. a Dan-oriented comment. He's but. totally safe. Let's move on. Rivers throws to Gordon on the screen. One man to miss, and of course he makes a miss. 40, 45, midfield 50, 40. No one in front of him. Flash to the finish line. Touchdown, Chargers. One-on-one in space. Melvin Gordon versus Gary and Conley, and it was a no contest. Stop the fight. More money, please. Matt Money Smith and Daniel Jeremiah with the call for the uh, Chargers radio network. Yes, Melvin Gordon. He scored a long touchdown. He went for 165 in this game. Phillip Rivers threw two touchdowns. That's six straight for the Chargers after a 20-6 win over the struggling Oakland Raiders. Mark, this wasn't quite the uh, detonation of the lowly silver and black uh, many had predicted, but the Bolts keep on winning. Not an impressive start. At one point, I think the Raiders had something like 25 plays to just six for the Chargers who were – you know, two, three and outs to start the game. But the thing is, with Oakland, they couldn't really take advantage of it. Their their opening drive went all the way down to the goal line where they were stopped on downs. Two possessions later, after kicking a field goal, Derek Carr took yet another devastating hit that resulted in a strip sack. I mean, every week he's getting killed. And it's if you put up 10 to 13 points on Oakland, Outside of one or two weeks, you're just insured of walking out of there with a W. This is one of the more unwatchable offenses. I know everyone always talks about Buffalo, but Buffalo occasionally will go and do something. Oh, we'll get to Buffalo. We'll get to Buffalo, but it's like Oakland. I mean, Oakland's week-to-week offense is just unwatchable. And the Chargers, they did enough in the second half to to turn it on. Rivers, this was one game where Rivers was a little bit off uh, for big chunks of it. But again, you, you don't need to do more than score you know, 14 to 20 points to get, ensure yourself of a win in Oakland. The Raiders have lost five straight games by at least 14 points. They've been outscored 75 to 9 in the past nine quarters. 
It's ugly, Greg. I mean, they've gotten to the point where you don't know what to take from the teams that play against them. It's not like I think the 49ers are some juggernaut. I want to say something nice about the Chargers' defense, which I do think is improving throughout the year, but I don't know if this performance even tells it to you. And you mentioned the Raiders are tough to watch. One commonality of tough-to-watch offenses are quarterbacks that throw short of the sticks. And I think Derek Carr is passing Alex Smith of the, like, five-yard throw on third and 14, leading the league. He did it on fourth down. There was one. Yeah, he spiked the ball on fourth down when the screen was busted, but he still didn't have pressure on him yet. He just spiked it. He threw it into the ground on fourth down. That sounds like a spooked quarterback. It, or, I don't know. It's hard to say why. Thank you. Who wouldn't be spooked? I mean, he's getting absolutely destroyed no question. on a brutal team. Here's the thing. that That's absolutely true, but that's also on Derek Carr. Like, getting hit and taking bad hits and getting sacked, like, those are quarterback stats. Tom Brady's been sacked 13 times this year going into today. It's not because he has a great offensive line. It's because he gets rid of the ball. He's aware. And especially one play today I'm thinking of with Carr where he just he just didn't sense it around him, and he took a big hit because of it. I just wonder how many hits Tom Brady would be taking if he was in Oakland. I, I think it would be similar to what he's taking in New England. Mm. Well, uh, one that thing, Patricia's done. Well, you got to bring in, you got to bring in, you know, Dante Skarniecki in the whole. <laughs> one thing analytics <laughs> has get taught it, us. Don't get Dante. One thing analytics has taught us is that you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, everybody thought it was always the offensive line, and now we know it's mostly the quarterback. Sacks are a quarterback stat more than an offensive line stat. Hey, everybody, candid makes it convenient, afford. Actually, Mark, can you read this one for me? Thanks. This looks long. <laughs> All right, here we go. Candid makes it convenient, affordable, and easy to straighten your teeth. Candid's clear aligners are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Use their at-home modeling kit and then send back your impressions and some photos. Okay. Candid's network of highly trained orthodontists will then review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. After you receive your 3D preview, you decide if you want to move forward or not. You can also talk to a real person at any time if you have questions. This real person will even set up a video call to walk you through the modeling process. Candid's treatment takes an average of six months and costs 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands. You're one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee and go to candid.com slash around to save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candid.com slash around to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Candid.com slash around. Let's move on. Good job, Mark. Barkley takes play Don't do that to me again. Looks into the end zone. <laughs> fire short. He's got a man open. And it is Dawkins. Touchdown, Buffalo. Deion Dawkins. Touchdown. Who are these guys? Who are these guys? The Bills so with a seven-yard touchdown pass to Deion Dawkins. Hmm. John Murphy, WGR with the call. Hey, that's Bills fourth-string quarterback Matt Barkley connecting with tackle-eligible receiver Deion Dawkins. Uh, just one of the wild indignities to visit the New York Jets during a 41-10 to Bills win today at the Meadowlands. Um, someone asked me if this on Twitter if this is rock bottom for me as a Jets fan. That's laughable. <laughs> Way worse things than this. But it w- it is rock bottom in the Todd Bowles era, which cannot end soon enough. And I, I would love, nothing personal, I would love if by the time you're listening to this podcast, if you don't listen until tomorrow, that Todd Bowles has been given his walking papers because I think he's earned them. I just don't see it happening, but you deserve it if it did. The only question now, though, for me with the Jets is whether Mike McCagnan deserves the opportunity to stay on. It's it's gotten that bad for the Jets, who've lost 30 of 43 under the Bowles-McCagnan era. 
and um, really are. You can make an argument uh, after today that they might be the worst team in football. That's it's gotten this bad out of, out of nowhere um, uh, in the last month. Uh, on the Bills side, good for them. This is a nice win for the, for the, their coaching staff. Um, Sean McDermott, uh, dominant on both sides of the ball. An offense that came into this game being talked about as perhaps the worst ever. First uh, drive, um, long re- long reception, long touchdown run, two plays, 75 yards, uh, and they just kept scoring on a Jets defense that at one point was frisky this year, but this has all the uh, the smell of a team that has shut it down and uh, has lost the will uh, to, to win and, and even compete, and that all goes back to the head coach. So I think Bowles is kind of out of options here. Uh, good job by the Bills. Horrific, embarrassing job by the Jets. Uh, fans like me deserve a lot better than this slop that they're putting out there week after week. It's crazy that Buffalo put up 41 after scoring 96 all season. Wait, they had the most yards and touchdowns since any Bills team has had since 2001 in the first half. Like th- when your defense, and I'm, I'm not glad that this is the way it happened, but I think it lays bare that this is the Todd Bowles defense. Don't t- don't tell me about. Sam Darnold or is out and or whatever's going on with the offense. Like he's a defensive coach and the Jets aren't just bad, but they're boring and they've been boring for a long time with Todd Bowles. And they're one of the, the last teams I want to watch on a weekly basis because what, what are you really holding on to here? If, if you're a Todd Bowles, like what is Todd Bowles bringing to the party? If nothing else, Sean McDermott has something. I know what Sean McDermott brings on that defense. He's a better coach. I think a better head coach than Todd Bowles. I don't think, I don't think it's like, I I wouldn't want Sean McDermott to be my head coach either, but at least I know what I'm getting a little bit with Sean McDermott. I'm so impressed by the way, the energy the bills bring for a coach who has messed up the quarterback at so many turns along the way. You, he's he's done the opposite of lose the locker room, even though he keeps messing up the quarterback decisions. How about Matt Barkley, two hundred thirty-two yards and two touchdowns? I mean, off the street, off the street, a guy that's been in and out of football, and he uh, he looked completely comfortable. The Jets managed one sack, didn't force a turnover, and Barkley just seemed very comfortable. I, and I would, La- La- LaShawn McCoy has been. We've been building up toward this, where statistically he's done really very little this season. Uh, finally, this is a LaShawn McCoy game uh, where he kind of tore the Jets up for a buck twenty total yards and two touchdowns. I I was like, how is Matt Barkley even starting? I swear I saw him providing analysis on FS1 <laughs> on Saturday, but it was Matt Leinart. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, how many Racist. times have those two guys been mistaken for like they that? Ha- even look like that has. I know, but there's just like maybe once people just have a vague memory of like the this USC. A Matt thing. It's true, like white Matt USC guys who they had like about the same NFL career. Yes, everyone's mistaken them for each other. Dan, do you feel like the <laughs> One's Jets left-handed? <laughs> You're not running, walking down the street. They are not. They look nothing alike, and nor I'm, should they yeah. be confused with each other. <laughs> I mean, please. Or do you feel like the Jets would? Pull the plug on Bulls midseason? Are they that kind of I, I was looking at their coaching staff uh, midway through the second quarter trying to figure out who it is. There's nobody on that staff. Uh, maybe if you want to get have fun and get Kevin Including Green. Including the head coach. Rick so Dennison. Yeah, Rick Dennison. You want to get excited about him. It's certainly not going to be the offensive coordinator. So that's, that's my – and, of course, the owner, uh, not the acting owner, but the actual owner is over in uh, England as the uh, – Trump's ambassador to the UK. So I don't know if that is going to slow down the process, but the only thing that is absolutely 
set in stone now, and this wasn't the case. Well, they have TVs two weeks there. Ago. They have Sky Sports there. They can yeah, watch. You, you watch you've this suggested this on Sky Sports. Maybe he watched your Jets analysis. Tonight. Perhaps the only thing that's set in stone here is Bowles is gone now. That that's the one. There's going to be no indecision, and really, the best case scenario is that the Jets finish three and thirteen. And guess what, boys? They just might. And Josh McCown might be gone. You know, not finally, but just like I mean, he's he did hardly not the, the spark. He's hardly the most evil element here, but no. But do they it, have their first round pick next year. They do. It's their second round pick. The Colts have right. Correct. Okay. Let's move on. Takes looking right under here. Oh, the Jets got called for three holding fumble. penalties on one play. What a joke. With the fumble recovery, first sack of the year for Preston Smith, and it is huge. It was huge. Larry Michael, Radio, Redskins Radio Network with the call. Um, that was indicative of the day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who moved the ball at will but could not score. Uh, so Alex Smith could throw for a buck 78 and a touchdown, and, and that's more than enough. The Redskins, 16-3 to winners over the Tampa Bay Bucs. Uh, Washington yielded 501 yards uh, and forced Tampa Bay to punt once all day. Uh, Greg, what? It's the most Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game of all time. It's the first team in NFL history to gain over 500 yards and only score three points. I'm just going to give a bunch of stats yeah, to start off, just which kind of exp- help explain this Buck season. The Bucks have thrown 19 er, picks this season now between their two quarterbacks. They have one interception. On defense, <laughs> okay. that that seems, wow. that seems impossible. That's a ne- net nineteen, negative eighteen. When the when the opponents yeah. have yeah. entered the red zone against the Buccaneers this year, opponents have scored twenty eight of thirty one times. A touchdown, not just scored. They've scored a <laughs> touchdown twenty eight of thirty one times, and that's what happened in this game. They that's got like it. the break and bend defense. They got there. They yeah. got in. They got in one time. Alex Smith made a really nice uh, touchdown. That's like ninety percent touchdown. Percentage. It's Just a, come near us, we'll break. And this, like Fitzpatrick, he moved the ball great, but it was crazy how when they got to the red zone, something wild would happen. He threw two interceptions. One was in the red zone. He was really inaccurate. Just like his bad throws were just really bad. He fumbled in the red zone. The center threw the ball over his head in the red zone. At one point, uh, they missed a couple field goals. It was almost like they knew that the Redskins have not had – there hasn't been a lead change in any Redskins game all year. And the Bucks were threatening to do it over and over, and it was almost like they were trying to keep this record going for the Redskins, and it's going. That's deep conspiracy theory, that final line there. Why not? <laughs> One more game, and the Redskins set the all-time record for longest I- – time without a lead change. You pulled the play calling away from Todd Munkin, who's done a great job, I think, this season. What is up with that? I don't know. I mean, Dirk Cotter is probably feeling the the stairs just like Todd Bowles is right now. It's a weird thing to convince your team. Hey, I gave it to this guy because I thought that was the best for the team. He's been good. I'm going to take it back because I think it's the best, even though nothing's changed. And also, the ominous, his explanation, I had my reasons. It makes it sound like Monkins did something like nefarious, which I have no idea. Maybe he did, probably not. But just you don't need to say that. And in general, Dirk, um, you know, when you're the head coach, you don't have to reveal everything to the media. Just – don't say it. I wouldn't have said anything. He is very honest. They asked him, you know, what did, what did he tell his team? He's like, after a game like Hamana, that, Hamana. there's nothing to tell their team. What can I What can I say? Which is like this thing that you say when you kind of know we're all we're all gone. Uh, which takes us to Sunday night football. Poor Redskins. No respect for a 6-3 and three team. Boring. 
Wentz, back. He steps up. He looks. He is firing. Complete. Spinning to the four is Ertz. Three, two, one. The ball is loose. The game is over. Frustration. A very, very hard to take defeat. And one that is going to make hopes in the division a long shot. Ooh, jaunty. Carson Wentz and the Eagles got close to the Dallas end zone as the final seconds ticked off the clock, but they could not get there. 27 to 20. Big D with the win. A big day for Ezekiel Elliott, who went from a went for a buck 51 and a touch on the ground, added six for 36 and a touch through the air. That's a monster game from a superstar, Mark Sessler. The Dallas Cowboys were down and out, or so it seemed, on Monday night. But now they go on the road and beat the defending champs. What did you learn here? I mean, we're days away from the star quarterback, the Super Bowl winning Troy Aikman, calling for everyone's head due to massive dysfunction. And you find out how hard it is, if you're the Eagles, to simply come back around this season. And as well as Carson Wentz has played, they just don't have the offense around them, and it's it's a hard path to figure out how the Eagles get back to where they were. Why not? That's the thing. I'm trying to put this together because I, I, I don't think Wentz was great tonight, Greg, but uh, his numbers apparently are close to what they were last year. He was good tonight. What? Why isn't this offense scoring like it was before his injury last season? The offensive line, and that's, that's why the running game has been a little up and down, but I just think the offensive line went from – Maybe the best in the league to a liability. So that is a big change. I think Carson Wentz is playing as well as he did last year. What? And and because or close to it. Okay. I, I I really think that that what? if if he was getting the same offensive line and schematic advantages that he was getting last year, every catch the Eagles have made this year has been contested. No one's open. There's no explosive element. I think he's actually done well with what he's been given. This is a tough matchup against the Cowboys, and they went touchdown, touchdown, and then turned it over on downs. That, that Leighton Van Der Esch play where they pitch it backwards on third and two is typical of a season where the Eagles coaching staff, especially in short yardage situation, has dialed up a lot of plays that just haven't worked. You can't lose five yards on third and two with the game on the line. That's put him in the MVP discussion. He's playing as well as last year. This guy goes long stretches of games without moving the offense. He's not playing as well as last year. But I think you can take the quarterback's play sometimes out of what's going on. That was my lock of the week. You do not want that. You gotta get off the Eagles train. They're killing you. I mean, the one week you did, they won. There you go. I mean, the the Cowboys were just, what, five days away, not only from Troy Aikman, but us all saying, like, oh, the season's over. They're an embarrassment. It's a, it's a week-to-week league. Both of these teams, I think, have enough good going for them that they, they could win the division. I don't think the Redskins are going to win nine or ten games or ten games. Uh, and, and you say the Redskins, all of a sudden you look up because the Cowboys four and five. The Eagles look like the classic – post-Super Bowl funk team, and you just wonder if this is an eight or nine win team. Uh, but they're four and five now. And the Redskins, as beat up as they are, Wes, and, and you you said they're losing the war of attrition, but they just gained a full game in the, a game in the standings. They're two games clear of the next closest teams in their division. What The NFC East is not a juggernaut right I now. I mean, let's, let's clarify that they were playing against the worst defense in the NFL. The Redskins were. I don't expect them to do that every week. Put up 16. Well, and let's clarify that whoever wins against the Bucks is not good. Whoever wins this division is going to 
tiptoe into January and get whacked by someone who can put up 40 points. See, I think you just got to get in. You know, the Eagles, we, we said we're going to get whacked as late as week 16 last year because they had Nick Foles. I do think the Cowboys have some things going for them in terms of their defense, and they certainly have a running game. This was a nice game for, like, establish the run, you know, beating the most pass-heavy organization. Well, the Eagles. If, from where we stand right now, and I agree we're eight weeks away, but if Dallas were to take out New Orleans or the Rams in the playoffs, that is an ultra stunner. I, absolutely. I'm... I but, get that everything everything can happen. Every possible thing can happen. The Cowboys can back into the playoffs. But I'm saying they're going to be a different team in, in two months. That's a fact. Like, whoever wins this division, whether they're good or bad, is going to be a, a appreciably different team. Dak Prescott uh, was very solid in this game. Uh, that He took a positive step in this game. Zeke Elliott, I just I, I cannot be overlooked how great he was. He wins uh, some games seemingly on his own. He yep. is that good. And sometimes I feel like he gets – overlooks strangely and he gets taken for granted a little bit and he when he has games like this it just seems like he's running downhill and then his counterpart for Dallas in terms of the stars of the game uh, Leighton Vander Esch who we mentioned made that big play in the backfield Chris Collinsworth uh, remarked that it was the play of the game at the time and, and it might have been uh, Sean Lee out of the lineup again with the hamstring this guy Vander Esch has stepped in and he's become the new backbone of the Dallas defense I, yeah, I mean, every time Lee went out in the past, they were done. And they had a lot of guys out on that defensive line in this game. We looked up, and it felt like every play, Van Der Esch was the one making it. 13 tackles. The Eagles lost Ronald Darby in this game. They're now down four of their five defensive starters from the secondary from where, where they were at the beginning of the season. And you saw that on a key third down. Alan Hearns is beating the guy across from him easily to pick up a third and long to leading to their last touchdown. Van Der Esch, another great Jerry Jones draft pick. Erase everything I said four or five days ago <laughs> on every show we appeared on. <laughs> their defense is good enough to, to – Beat bad offenses almost on their own, and every offense in the NFC East is bad. Make your prediction now. Who's who wins this division? I'll stick with the Eagles. Why not? Oh God, it's impossible. I will too, but I I don't I don't agree that they're going to suddenly morph into an NFC title team at this point. I'll take the Redskins. Two game lead. Just. I just yeah, don't know another team making a, a charge here. Cam, how you doing? If we had time to uh, do another great edit job on the Keith song, I, I would throw it to that for you. You're an Eagles fan. You told us before we started that you, you teared up when they won the Super Bowl. You're wearing a Carson Wentz jersey right now and a Super Bowl 52 hat. You're crying. I, I doubled <laughs> like down. Like a lot. Emba- embarrassingly crying right now during uh, the Streams. Are you, are you ready to stick a fork in the Eagles, or do you still believe that they have a run in them? Um. I'd, I'd want to say that there's a chance for a run, just the optimist in me, but I know that right now Washington with that lead, uh, it kind of seems insurmountable. I don't, I think Greg kind of pointed out the offensive line has been sluggish in addition. The secondary has been underwhelming. And then that linebacking court, I don't know where they were tonight against Zeke Elliott, but he rushed for, what, almost 180 yards, 150-something yards, something like that. Cam, over under on Erica drinks tonight. I'm putting it at 19 from when she woke up until – if she's probably still awake. How oh, many? over, over. By the way, Cam, and the first time he's ever done a full show for us, gave us more football analysis than Erica has done in about 400. <laughs> Erica appeared on the show with a t- with <laughs> but, an attempt at football but analysis. As and wow. a ninth is entertaining, so take it as uh, For the record, job, I'm, my prediction is Cowboys. There you go. I got the Giants. The Demon! <laughs> They come surging back. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We um, have, again, we're very busy during the week. Uh, so you got this show, you chew on this, you, you listen to it either Sunday night or Monday. Enjoy that. Tuesday, 
1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 over in the UK is our live Twitter show. So check that out. And then our next audio show will be Wednesday. Uh, so thank you for supporting us. Isn't that great? And yeah, donate. Where's that oh, Where's that paperwork? The, the American Red Cross, help out if you can. I know Marcus. I absolutely am. And maybe if that letter never got to those poor people... Uh, we'll figure out another way to figure help out another Absolutely, way. no doubt. That's, really, that's a sad thing. All right, this is Dan Hansa signing off. For Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and ooh, Camolina behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.